Little guy, we're here tonight at our 150th episode. This is a milestone uh, for the show, so I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that before we really kicked it off. Yeah, it's a big moment, and in true uh, slow ride fashion, uh, we're having uh, an issue. We don't have Tim here yet. I don't, is that <laughs> is that an issue? Well. Yeah, it's a bit of an issue. I mean... Because he usually starts the show. That's and so true. that's... It's it, kind of left it, us in a It's awkwardly hard to start the show without Tim here. Um, you're also sick, so we're we're crushing it on the, uh, you know, celebrations yep. here. Doing it right yep. for for our 150th time. You'd think we might have it a little more dialed than this. Well, you'd think so, but I'm pretty sure... One of us has been late to every episode by at least a couple minutes, so that would be me. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, I've I've definitely been late. <laughs> Tim's been late, um, so I I think we all we all got a a foot in the fire on that one. Okay, so I all think right. it's only fitting that we um we would go big this time. <laughs> you know, it's 150th episode. You got to throw something new in there. You want to you want to keep it fresh, you know. You don't yeah. want to get stale. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, let's uh, let's try to sh- start the show uh, properly then. You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. SlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast, uh, the 150th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, this is Matt, uh, slightly sick and maybe coughing more than you want to hear in minneapolis and uh tim is indisposed at the moment but hopes to be calling in at some point in the very near future so we decided to start yeah. without him yeah it'll be el telefono style it'll be just like watching milan san remo mm-hmm. whenever that was that kipolini called in years ago <laughs> a telefono yeah, that'll be good. Um, so I think we would be remiss to get into, and I know this is a big week in cycling with Roubaix and all sorts of other exciting things. We would be remiss to not uh, acknowledge right off the bat uh, the passing of Steve Tilford, uh, who is a yeah. very important, uh, I would say legendary figure uh, in U.S. cycling, uh, multi-time national champion, um, Cyclocross, mountain bike, road. He did it all. He loved it all. Um, lost his life earlier this week. Uh, it, it was very tragic, very sad. Um, you know, he was uh, from the Midwestern states, where we are from as well, so we're pretty familiar yep. with him. We'd see him around at races. Uh, he'd come up to Nature Valley Grand Prix all the time, see him at Jingle Cross. Um, yeah, just one of those kind there. of... Yeah, one of those guys that, uh, you know, you... He was just always around, and uh, so we wanted to... Yeah, and always around and always racing at a high level, and 
Absolutely. And ne- never one <laughs> afraid to speak his mind. Not, not that we didn't always maybe agree with him, but he was he made the sport better just for being that guy. Be you know just being a guy that was there and was passionate about it, and you could always tell he was passionate about it. Exactly. Um, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't faking. He wasn't just like riding out a contract. I mean, he was what like fifty seven years old, and he was still basically showing up to a race every single weekend. It seemed. Yeah. Um. And traveling around and racing, and yeah, still racing uh, in the elites half the time, and then you know, in age category elites um, the other half. But man, when we first went to Jingle Cross like ten years ago and stuff, he was still out there like crushing it onto the podium, like right behind like Horner and like and Todd Wells and stuff. So that's kind of yeah. nuts. Yeah, absolutely. So we just, uh, as a show, and I'm sure Tim echoes this sentiment, we just want to send our condolences out to all his friends and family and anyone that does know him or interacted with him. So we just want to get off, uh, get that off, you know, properly before we got into any of the rest of the show. And boy, is there a lot of show to talk about today, which is probably why Tim is late. He's probably researching all sorts of stuff <laughs> to talk about because there are a lot of storylines and a lot of things to follow up on today and this week in general. There is a ton. Um, obviously, Paris-Roubaix was exciting and sad because no more Tom Boonen. Yeah, let's <clears throat> let's talk about this, actually. Let me just interject completely. We're not even going to talk about the results or how the racing went or anything I just want a gut reaction, like kind of a yes, no, maybe a few reasons, and then we'll get into the actual racing behind it after this. But how did Tom Boonen go out? Was it a successful exit to Paris-Roubaix to his career to legacy today? Yeah, I guess so. It wasn't like, you know, you didn't get a dramatic attack, so it felt a little... You were hoping. I guess I was hoping for a huge attack or he'd bridge across to that lead group of GVA and Stybar and right. uh so you don't and Langdevel. <clears throat> but what can you do? I mean that's it's in reality 13th place in your in your retiring race in the second group um yeah. is nothing to really you know freak yeah. out about. I mean that's that's a great result. He was there. He was he was playing for it. If those groups had all come back together, who knows, right? Right. Absolutely. He he looked strong. He looked great all day. The uh, the signage on the side of the road was out of control. Yeah. The whole country seemed to come out. It was pretty incredible, I got to say. Um, and, yeah, you know, like, as much as the dream scenario, we want him to win his last race or something, like, probably wasn't – I mean, actually, I guess, roll of the dice, it could have happened, but uh, it, it wasn't needed for this to be a success, right? Like, No. I think, yeah. I agree. It wasn't the, needed. The only thing I think would make it not successful is if he was not able to finish for some reason. Yeah, if he wasn't able to finish or, I mean, or be there. That's, I guess, why I feel like being right. he being in that second group, he was there. He was competitive. Mm-hmm. No one can say, oh, you know, you should have retired last year or something. Because yeah, yeah, he was on the podium last year, but yeah, he was he was in a group twelve seconds back or whatever today. So obviously. He brought good form. He's still competitive. He could keep going, but he's making the call, and it's and it's a good way to go out, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. Riding a good race and and being the guy he was today, you know, the guy he's been many times in his career, which he's the guy in the second group 
uh, that no one wants to toe up to the first group so his teammate gets <laughs> yeah. a legit result. I mean, on the Sporza broadcast, they kept saying Terpstra all the time, which I feel like they were using it as a term to explain what Steinbar was doing when he wasn't taking as long a pulls in the front group. Nice. He was he was pulling a Terpstra. Um, I don't even know if Terpstra was in the race. I'm he he was but at the he beginning, was... but he did not finish. Okay, so yeah, he wasn't even there at the end, but they kept mentioning him toward the end. Um, but the, uh, to to pull a Terpstra is to be the guy who goes up the road and follows the moves, and Tom Boonin's in the next group and waits till some of the other favorites tire themselves out, and then he crushes you. Yeah. So, you know, he still had that. He still had that uh, ability. Yeah. So. No, I think so. I think it was great. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, Boonin had a great race. I think Quick Step had a great race. Uh, obviously, like we can get into it now. Um, yeah, Stebar finishing second behind GVA. Uh, it looked like he was gonna pull that off. Uh, for a while. Yeah, I would he say for like move. the last fifteen k, it looked like he was gonna pull it off. But definitely yeah. in the sprint, it looked like he was gonna pull it off. It was a good move, but I mean, you just can't beat GVA this year. I mean, he won it. Yeah. He won everything. He literally won everything other than Flanders, and he was second. And that was after he ran into the back of Sagan and fell down. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing that could keep him from winning every single important Cobble of Classics this year. Um, it's, it's true. So, I mean, what are you going to do? The fact that Quickstep got Tour Flanders and then they got second at... Uh, Roubaix, I mean, they should be overjoyed with that considering the form that GVA has right now. Yeah, no, they should. So how did you feel? Because I know how I feel. But how did you feel about uh, the entrance to the velodrome with those three and Stebar going straight to the balustrade, like straight oh. to the top? I liked it a lot. Cause... Yeah, I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> As someone uh, spent some time on the track and – probably doesn't really know anything in the grand scheme of things. Um, the most painful thing, I mean, we've all talked about this, the three of us, for years. Yes. Um, and I'm sure uh, Mateo over at our uh, sister uh, network podcast on his bicycle program would concur, is that uh, you watch Roubaix and it's a great race, and then these roadies get on the track and they all stay <laughs> low on the track. And it is so painful that yeah. they all do that. And then they, you watch them sometimes box themselves in. You watch like these fast spinners uh, destroy their races in the last uh, half a kilometer. And it's painful to watch the amateur <laughs> moves on the track. So to see yeah. Stybar, a former cross rider, maybe spend some time on the track, I don't know, go straight to the top was great to see that finally happen oh it's beautiful i've been waiting i got i like i've been waiting 15 years for for a roadie <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen it i yeah. agree no one's no, ever I've, no one ever goes that high everybody stays like ba- basically uh, everyone this, stays low all yeah. the time and they bunch up and you're like just get up i know you want a little draft but you're all kind of looking at each other you know what's more important than the draft man is that drop the two-story drop out of that corner and how much momentum you can get like yeah, uh, I don't. Are they afraid? Because it's not a super steep track, but I mean, it's it's gonna help. I uh, yeah, uh, obviously, Quick Step is one of the better run classics teams, and obviously, uh, Stybar someone had schooled schooled him, or he had been uh, yeah. learned in the past. But um, 
he knew. I'm trying to remember when he finished second. I think it was two years ago. Um, I, I kind of want to go back now and rewatch that sprint and see if he doesn't use the track and see if maybe he just uh, learned a lesson from yeah. the last time that he was on the podium. I, I um, think he did. properly. Exactly. Okay. I, th- I think somebody somebody took him by the hand and was like, dude, you've got everything except this. In case you come in in a group, uh, we need to we need to, uh, to you know get you worked out on this. Yeah, he had a good he had a good move. Um, he used the track. He had a good jump, but there's just what are you gonna do? GVA is he's unstoppable right now. Um, which we'll see if we can prove that next week when he hopefully starts Amstel Gold. I'm so excited. Yeah. So um, uh, I've got exciting news here. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna add Tim to the conversation. He is online, so we're gonna Tim. see if we can Hayes. see if we can get him on the line. All good right. IT on here. Uh, Tim. Hello, it's me, Mitch Daka. Uh, that was really good. That was your Australian accent. <laughs> really good. I know I'm on messenger time here for the 150th episode. Yeah, we're talking about uh, the sprint finish of Roubaix, so we're a little ways in. We're, so, we're a little past the intro. Th- that's good. Did Spencer <laughs> get all excited about Stybar going high on the velodrome? He just talked about that. We just talked about how excited we were about that. That was when that happened. I was like, oh, my God, Spencer's going to talk about this nonstop on the podcast because he went so high on the velodrome. And we have always been wondering what's going to happen. Well, you know us. You know us well, Tim, because that's exactly what we were just discussing. It was exciting, wasn't it? it not? Yeah, it was good. It was very exciting. I tried calling you at that moment, and then I That's got a message, you and you didn't answer. And then yeah. later in the day, you're like, sorry, I was changing Tom Boone and Tom Boonin's diaper, which I thought was somewhat appropriate because <laughs> Tom Boone and Tom Boonin finished in 13th place and wasn't even there for the sprint on the velodrome. Yeah, I guess. No, it's true. I, uh, um, I, was, I was holding. He decided he he needed to leak through everything at about 15k to go so we we were doing a diaper change through the last 15k i can't wait for that part of my life um coming up can little guy did you um eat crow yet about uh sebastian langeveld and kennedale see why i have to eat crow i said i (laughs) wanted them i called them out for being terrible but i i said they had potential so now you're taking credit for what they did seems like i think all right I don't even remember what I said when I talked a bunch of shit about them. But I'm pretty sure I said, look at your roster. You've got legit guys. How come you can't get a result? So And I, now they're getting results. Have they shown improved? Like, are, are they back in good with Little Guy Industries? Or Oh, totally. If I had to grade, if I had to grade teams for, for the classics, basically uh, BMC gets an A+. Um, quick step gets an A and, 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 uh, Cannondale gets an A minus and, now, now and the next team gets a C. Yeah. Because oh, everyone see, was I, like non-existent. So hang on. Did Wait, Cannondale, was non-existent? Did Cannondale get this grade based on their own merits or did they do a bunch of extra credit? No, it's, it's, it's a curve. It's a curve because okay. obviously BMC if BMC after after Greg won the first race of the year um, and came out with this sparkling form, if they didn't win everything this year, basically, um, you know they weren't going to get a decent grade. So they they were held to a very high standard and they came through. 
Quick step always held to the highest standard possible. Uh, Cannondale, if they got a top 10, they were going to get a B. And and yeah. then they pulled out uh, two near, they pulled out a podium and a near podium um, in the two big races of the year without their leader. Yeah. I mean, granted, their two, their second and third guys are legitimately good and, and have, Langdevelt's been a leader and, and DeBar or whatever will be. But without their main dude, they still had a better classic season than like all the other teams. Everybody but BMC and Quickstep, yeah. And this brings so, up an interesting side uh, kind of tangent that uh, you you sort of mentioned here that BMC, they get an A+, and they really um, you know destroyed the classic season, right? And yeah. uh, I, I I agree, and I found myself like rooting for them a lot, like all during this season, like oh man, what oh they're perfect, they're playing it perfect. Look at us up the road. Look at you know GVA calm and collected. And have they become a team that we like? Despite no. despite <laughs> despite Van Garderen, <laughs> like like if you remove Van Garderen from that roster. Is this team? No. Is this team great? Tim, I'm gonna say, <laughs> Tim, I see. I know what you're saying, Tim. They got Van Garen, and they got they got that other guy, that triathlete. I don't even want to say his name. But you got to remember, they got GVA, who's who's a Belgian hero now. They've got Oss, who should be everyone's hero. He's a yes. faithful teammate. He has a man bun. Wait, can, can we talk? He's real- always he's always throwing the rock and roll sign or whatever the hell it is when he's rocking. And they got Adapuma. Can I say one thing about Don't forget Oz? about Adapuma. And maybe you guys touched on this earlier. Part of me, like, when you saw him in the front with the hair, totally had a little bit of the Tilford look going on. And we can touch on that later. But I don't know if you saw, like, kind of the frizziness off the back. Yeah. It was pretty beautiful. It was so, beautiful. But, yes, BMC, but Spencer, no, they're not. I cannot like them. They're not the Eureka Green Edge that we've come around to. They are the... Um, they're... There's something about BMC that I I just can't get over, and maybe it's that wow I appreciate what GVA has done. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of uh, maybe don't like him anymore. So wait, like hang, on, now, hang on, like, like maybe, maybe now, hang on, maybe he's just too wait, good. Wait, 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 wait. Like wait, I can wait. only like one really good person at a time, and that's now, not here's Verde. the thing. So you are thinking you might dislike GVA because he's riding so well and winning everything, whereas I previously disliked GVA just because I don't really know why, I don't remember why, but now that he's winning everything, I'm like, you know what, I'm begrudgingly accepting this guy as, like, legitimate, and uh, we're, like, we're like ships crossing in the night here, like, we yeah. got different, like, different outlooks. Like I'm stoked for GVA, and he, he's winning in really good form. It's pretty mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. but maybe he's just winning too often, and he—it's he, like he ripped the heart out of Tom Boonin. You know what I mean? Like, like he's the guy. Somebody that, had to do it, Tim. You know, someone you know had to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania too, and I understand <laughs> it, but you don't want it to happen. <laughs> I guess. I guess the way I feel about GVA is. Like this race started, I wanted Tom Boonin to win. That would have been the most exciting outcome. But yes. It's the same way I would feel if I was I was bowling with somebody and somebody else had just thrown eight strikes, right? And and 
and I'd be like, man, I really want to beat this person. And I had a possible chance of beating them if they, if they just messed up the last two frames. But at the same time, I'd be like, how cool would it be if they threw a couple more strikes, right? I mean, that'd be pretty amazing. And that's the same feeling I have with GBA is like, this is out of control if he just keeps winning everything. It's, uh, it You're was, seeing something that won't happen ever again. But you I know, wanted for years. Steinbar to win so bad at that point. Yeah. You know, like there's just all, so many... I wanted many, Langdevel to win, so man. Come feelings. on. And how about Steinbar? Maybe you guys touched on this, but seriously, but. Steinbar totally being that guy on the group ride at the end, totally sitting in... Not doing yeah, he any work whatsoever. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about this. He turfed it. You know, like, <laughs> so like crappy here, attacks that led to nothing. Here's my question: <laughs> What's the bigger disappointment in Perry Roubaix today between these two options? Tyler Ferrar DNFing <laughs> or Lars the Boom OTL, DNFing? Wait, um, did, did Tyler Farr DNF on the results? It says OTL, which is outside well, the time limit, which I'm like, hey, at least he, he gave it the old <laughs> college try and finished. All right. Yeah, you're right. What's more disappointing, Tyler Farrar outside the time limit or Lars Boom DNFing? It's Lars Boom, man. He's supposed to be good. He is supposed to be good. Um, Though, he's, remember he's when not... Tyler was good? I mean, this is a little, let's go, let's memory lane for a second. Do you guys remember when Tyler was good? Remember he when was, he was he, the he, he was the he was the Roubaix guy for America for a little while there, right? Yeah. Remember when he got guy. fifth at Flanders? Remember he, when he would he win Snuffleupagus? Yeah, he won Snuffleupagus, and then he went. He was all driving the front that last lap at the Richmond Worlds. It was incredible. Yeah, that's if we're if we're on this American bandwagon for a second here. How okay. about we talk about Trek Segafredo, who's actually had a pretty decent classic season, and With no Americans. I know it's not 16th place, but 16 divided by 2 is 8th place, which if he keeps up on this current rate, he's going to win next year. Edward Thunes getting a solid 8th place, which yeah. is a great result considering his horrible crash last year and representing for Trek. Yeah, that's great. No, um, that's true. Trek did a good race. Back to Lars Boom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is he, should he just give up on the road? Should he come back to cross? This yes. is something we should have asked Bill last week. But Can you imagine... Like so many cross racers, like Wout Wout Van Art trying to go to road and all this, but like, when are guys supposed to go back to cross? Like, is this the time? The problem I see is that he did a couple races this year, right? Yeah. And he wasn't there, you know? And I know he was training for road season and all that, but I think think he dipped his toe in this year with more form than he has in many years, and he was frightened with how hot the water was. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, he was sort of like, oh no, I'm, I'm totally, holy crap, I'll pretend I haven't been training. He, <laughs> he, he, he was, I think he's thinking about it, but then he, he tested that wout and that, 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 uh, Vanderpool, you know, he, you know, and that, that tall Dutch guy that rides for the Fidea team. It's that tall yep. Dutch guy in the Fidea team. Vanderpool. I don't know. Cross, um, cross seasons. <laughs> yeah. That's so, right. uh, come on, you guys. Boom. Yeah, yeah, you're just anyway. bringing that one all back. Thanks, full circle there, little guy. It took me a little yeah, while. You guys like that? All right. Anyway, yeah, I think he's. I think he can't go back because he's not. He's not that good at road, but he's not that good at cross anymore, and it would be embarrassing. I don't know. I think Boom needs to go back. I'm with you, Spencer. The biggest disappointments, Boom. Um, sure. I mean, I, <laughs> the, okay. How about, how about this? Is what's the bigger disappointment at Prairie Roubaix? Lars Boom uh, DNFing or 
Ruby Roubaix putting a Slow Ride podcast placard on their car parked uh, along the side of the road. That, that's that's awesome. not I... disappointing. That's amazing. And next part, <laughs> Ruby Roubaix, my favorite listener on the podcast, getting in-action photos of Mitch Docker uh-huh. yeah, and nice. also Thanks, following man. Mitch Docker at the hotel and trying to, like, talk to him. <laughs> getting – I mean, this is – we may have on-the-ground – Reporting um, at at uh, so May next year. M- my question was: Did he have that picture of our podcast thing on his car, and then did he write press pass under it, or like official? Did he use that to get a better parking spot? Like, did he flash oh, that yeah, at he... the commissioners and was like, "I'm with a podcast"? Because if he did, hats off to car, you. Though? Way yeah. to way to way to way to work the system. That's beautiful. Well done. <laughs> Well yeah, done. Very well done. And um, so it, guy, it, it made me oh, jealous, uh, that photo. Uh, that one, I mean, was pretty rad of the uh, of the sign. But also the photo of Mitch Docker and the racers going by uh, just, you know, made me uh, wish I was there. And uh, which, you know, probably isn't in the cards. But maybe a smaller race uh, could I could make that happen. Um, and as we all know, Trobro Leone is next week. That is so true. Are you, are you are you pitching for someone to fly you out there to do the coverage? Like, <laughs> I've hey, got Ruby time. Bay, if, if you want to hang out, money, get me out to <laughs> Trobro Leone. I am ready to go now. Uh, but that's that's one yeah. that seems a, a little maybe a little more accessible. You don't need to mock up some VIP pass uh, from our podcast to get uh, get a parking spot. You just drive mm-hmm. right on the course. Nobody's going to stop you. Like, but I mean, in defense, if if a if a if a fake press pass from our podcast gets you good parking at Roubaix, I mean, all the worlds, all the worlds are are ours if if we have a real one. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, they gave us a real press pass at Worlds, so I think I think we're legit. <laughs> that still doesn't make sense. That's in my desk right here that I'm sitting on. I just look at it occasionally, just like really. I still yeah, can't believe my, we got that press. That's pass. me um, on that press pass. That's weird. <laughs> oh good good old um i mean i enjoyed the race my favorite thing happened as it always does on the last sector into the velodrome they're like oh it's not really a sector it's the most famous sector in all of you know cycling you're like were you watching the phil the phil and paul no i was watching the eurosport okay 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 okay. i watched i watched the the sporza so i just i just heard them say terpstra a lot but um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good race, and uh, I, I'm still yearning for the uh, the muddy version that we all want again um, that George Hincapie did years ago and fell into mm-hmm. a ditch, le- giving us Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin's first ever real um, excitement. That's how he birthed Tom Boonin into the world. That's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's, that's his origin story. He it was, was like... bit by a radioactive... George Hincapie that fell into a ditch, <laughs> more or less, yeah. And he just shot I mean, out. And... A different kind yeah. of radioactivity at the time, I guess. So. so we did get an email from Kevin Dolan last week, little guy, and it just says Dutch height confirmation. Have to give a <sighs> shout out to little guy for his Dutch cycling stat okay. Thank you. height Thank report because his best friend from college is Dutch, and her brothers and father were both over six feet tall, Thank and you. her and her mother were five foot nine tall. So little guy's data is confirmed. There you go. That was an email we got to the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Indisputable uh, science. Yeah, that's yeah. science right there. 
pretty <laughs> pretty much brings it all together. So yeah, pretty much. Well, great. Well, good. So, I'm glad. Can I can I tell you what my biggest disappointment was on Paris Roubaix? Okay, please. Um, was that there wasn't a women's version on the same day? Hmm. Um, after what yeah. Flanders was and the excitement that we got of Corinne Rivera winning the uh, the race and your guys' amazing podcast coverage of that, I. You know, I really wanted there to be a uh, a women's version of this race so we could see what uh, happened. And they're already on the same course. They can run a U23 men's race or a U19 or whatever with some yeah. fancy cyclocross racer from Britain wins. And then Eurosport's going to talk about that forever. And we yeah, can't get a women's version of this race? Come on. Yeah. I agree. I totally yeah, agree. It's, That's my disappointment. It is it's an ASO event, man. ASO seems to be the least interested in running women doesn't races. that seem backwards though like a more like i i would expect it to be the belgian races you know like oh some backwards like we're all like, just belgium about, under the bus yeah i'm man. throwing them under the bus i guess i'm just saying like it's, old school race promoters i'm just but then it yeah. it's the biggest race promoter is the one that's so resistant to change but that's what i was yeah. getting at I know, I just... Sorry. You, didn't, you, you didn't mean to call Belgium the Nebraska of Europe? Yeah, just to run under the bus. You think cosmopolitan Paris is yes, so progressive, thank you. Huh? <laughs> well, you I, know, think, I think I... even Nebraska is being a little too kind to uh, what I would imagine Belgium to be. I, Oof, I would so... put it more like South Dakota. Um, Oklahoma? Or... I'm just you thinking know, what other Tim, states they... we haven't thrown under the bus here on this podcast. Cause... They do have cities in, in Belgium, you know, like pretty pretty major city i mean have they you, have you've never in, been to uh, rapid city yeah <laughs> have you been never rapid been city. to sioux Falls, or is it sioux city sioux falls they, 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 got, they got both of them who knows yeah. <laughs> i've been to pierre too so there's a, there's a spencer south dakota i know that that's true <laughs> This is Sarah Groff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, especially you, the members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn more. Lots of new shows. We got to hang out. We have dirt field recordings. With the Ted King episodes, fantastic listen. We have Crosshairs Radio on there, which is now doing mountain bike reporting, which was fantastic. So you could figure out what's going on with the UCI mountain bike scene and the U.S. scene, thanks to Bill at Crosshairs, who did an amazing job of filling in for me. The amount of encouraging tweets I got sent to me at the Super Rookie <laughs> or at the Slow Ride Podcast really made me feel good about myself. So great job, Bill, for absolutely slaying it. You also have the um, Consummate Athlete Podcast, Honest wor- Working working Man's Bicycle Program. Pretty much nailed Got that. It. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And uh, the uh, Meyerson line. I heard that there's like five new episodes in the works on the Meyerson line, so getting very excited about that. So go to wideanglepodium.com well, to find well, out also, more. All you have to do to get more Meyerson line episodes is tweet at Adam Meyerson and harass him about it because, you know, if he gets embarrassed about it, he'll probably do it. And he's, he's stopped responding to my, my text messages about it. <laughs> now, safe. I know, Spencer, for the last few weeks, we have been running an amazing Michelin contest. 
mm-hmm. um, the Michelin uh, Power Tire Contest, where you could go on Instagram, tag Michelin Bicycle, Michelin Bike, post a photo of you out riding, and you have a chance of winning these endurance tires that, you yeah. know, are super fast, super protective. You're not going to get a uh, flat. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that we got a uh, a pretty amazing um, hit the other day uh, about um, – uh, it was a review that came in on the podcast, and this is what I want to read. And I know it's a little bit out of uh, sorts for me to go this way, but hey, we got hit up by Babendium's Sash on the review. Five stars, and it says, it's taken 50 episodes for me to finally realize when these guys are joking and when they're serious. What a journey. And Babendium <laughs> and your Sash, not only A, are you the greatest corporate mascot in the history of corporate mascots, but... There are times when we're joking and there's time when we're serious. And this may sound a little cheesy. We're absolutely serious. You can win some sweet tires from Michelin Bike if uh, you just played along with our contest. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, in addition to Michelin, we are brought to you by Health IQ. Uh, you know them. You love them. You've gone to www.healthiq.com slash slow ride. I know you have. And if you haven't, you're typing it in frantically right now, trying to not be embarrassed uh, as the one person that hasn't gone. But Health IQ is a life insurance uh, uh, company that can save you money if you are looking at health insurance or life insurance, excuse me, if, uh, if that's something that you have and you need to save some money on uh, your current policy, like Give them a give them a look. Like uh, we've gotten several messages from people that have signed up that are actually saving cash uh, by going to healthiq.com/slowride and uh, filling out a quiz to see if they score elite on the quiz. And if you unlock that elite level, bam, you're getting savings left and right. And you should feel good about yourself because Spencer somehow was able to score elite, right? It's true. I uh, I did miss one question on there, uh, so I had to I actually re-logged in and did it again so I could taste it. <laughs> uh, because I wanted, like BMC, I wanted to be an A-plus this spring. Oh, wow. So once again, health uh, the podcast is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash slowride to learn more and get a quote. Or you can check out their uh, FAQ page if you got questions um, and get them answered there. So, for fuck's sake, kid, this is Adam fucking Myerson, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. I know I already read one review. We got two more that need to be uh, thrown out there, guys. Um, Throw it. Aaron, Aaron Lale gives us another five-star review. He says, fills a gap since moving. The cycling banter on this podcast has really helped fill the void since moving away from my riding group. I haven't really paid much attention to pro cycling outside of the spring classics, but the way the slow ride presents race info makes it more appealing. Thanks. You're welcome, Aaron. And I know it sucks moving away from your riding group because that's how um, – we still talk, and we're we're happy that you're uh, you're along for the ride. But just know this: that we are experts, and so everything we say is correct. And uh, we know all of the um, the teams, the A plus players, and the uh, the D the D players. Little guy, who's the worst team in the classics right now? Katusha. Mm. 
No. Astana. Astana? Movie star. UAE? Oh, movie star. Okay, wait about a, <laughs> a week, and then they're going to win three in a row. So we can yeah, go. No, no, there. no, no. We already decided. We already, yeah. uh, we, me and Spencer, before the pocket's in, we looked this up. Amstel Gold next week. GVA's riding. So, boom. That's in his pocket right there. Oh, man. That's going to be quite the battle. GVA versus um, Valverde. Yep. Should be good. No, that's going to be good. That's going to be really um, good. Michael Levesque gives us a five-star review. Come on, come for the client corner. Stay stay in the draft for 16th place. I guess iTunes will let me have that long title. Basically, this show saved my life. Well, <laughs> more like my sanity. Takes the pretentious out of cycling, makes cycling fun again, and talks about Tom Boudin podium fillers. Yes, Bling Matthews deserves the criticism. <laughs> well, there we Thank go. You. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Worth Thank you review. for your support. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that almost makes it uh makes it worth it. Yeah, now, after 150 episodes, if I've changed one mind about Bling Matthews, just as general character as a human being and naming himself that, I feel like I've done my part. Little guy, did you do your part though when we had those press passes in Richmond and you could have went up to Bling Matthews said, "Bling, bling uh, Matthew, one no. more, uh, one I more." I totally whimped out. I totally um, whimped out. I didn't talk to him, bling. and I saw him at the airport. But he looked really, really ticked off at the airport. He was talking to, like, some coach guy from the Australian team, and he looked really pissed and bummed. And he was standing there, like, with his girlfriend or his wife, and he looked like he really wanted to, like, go take his vacation after not winning Worlds. Um, (laughs) And I was like, should I talk to him? No. So I didn't talk to him. I also didn't talk to Hausler either when I saw him just walking around being bored. Oh man, that'd be that could be a really good airport conversation. Um, we got a uh, probably one of my favorite emails I've ever gotten. This one comes from uh, Tim Proctor. He writes into the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com. Subject line on your left. Hey, I've been catching up on recent episodes on a couple of long trips, and as a closet triathlete, oh, oh, exactly. I'm inspired by the Bell in Races discussion. And, of course, we were talking about Hincappy having a Bell at the Cape Epic when where he raced with um, some other famous bike racer. I'm a terrible <laughs> swimmer, which means I end up spending the entire bike section of a try passing people. It's really hard to summon up sufficient breath to call out on your left after recently experiencing a near-death drowning. I can't believe <laughs> that I didn't think of the Bell solution before. I checked out the spur cycle bells at Crosshairs and have ordered one, but I'm a bit worried about the arrow impact. Any <laughs> advice on the best installation to avoid a chronic loss of performance? Keep up the good work. And now I have firsthand experience of this bell, not of a triathlon. Um, I don't know where I would put it. Now, you have to put it on the extensions, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to put it at the end of one of the arrow bars. Oh, you gotta. That would be the best spot. That's way by far the best spot. Yeah, like there's yeah, no other option. You can't put well, that at the end of the bar. Yeah, it's got to go on the arrow bars. Here's and the they, thing. I think it's more arrow if it's symmetrical, so you get two of them. And then when you got your hands on those things, you've always just got a, each thumb on them, sort of like like right. you're a fighter pilot or something. You just they are like triggers. Yeah, little triggers. All right, and I mean if if he's really as bad a swimmer as he says he is, which is you know, if he's a cyclist, it's probably true. Um, he's going to be passing a lot of people. He might need actually a double time bell, you know, kind of like a, a heavy metal drummer needs the two bass drums. You know, you might need. Oh, yes. Bells. 
because the the bell you you always need to have that second trigger pulled because you never know when you're going to need it and you're waiting for the ring because those first cycle bells have such a nice (laughs) long ring sound i'm sure there's a fancy name for that in the bell world in the carillion world look that one up guys you're welcome (laughs) scientist right here knowing big words people want to start talking about how i pronounce things how about a word like carillion Okay. There you go. So, and I'm not the, a malapropist. <laughs> the only other place I can think of on a triathlon, triathlon bike or triathlete's bike to put that bell where it might be arrow, I don't think would be useful as far as ringing it, but would probably be pointing backwards straight off the back of the saddle or the yes. post. Um, Thank you. Where the like numbers are for the water bottles. Yeah. So, but it wouldn't. Yeah. Like you'd have to reach down to get to it. So. It might not be as efficient. I, I think the double bell on the uh, on the extensions is the way to go, fighter pilot style. Now, this is a totally different way of doing it, but since you've got those big fat aero tubes and you probably got electronic shifting and all kinds of like buttons and doodads on your bike anyway, how about just get like an old uh, car horn, install okay. that in the down tube, and just rig it up electronically and just have a little button to push and have a little woo. Like a people think of cars. <laughs> people think a cars coming up behind them, and they're going to move out of the way pretty quick. Because why is there a car on this time trial course? Um, Only if you can get the weird European motorcycle horn that like do 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 do. Yeah, like, yeah that, that was a great impression. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got a uh, Greg Afsa hit us up with a also amazing email, um, and Greg goes. Hey, guys, not sure if you saw the attached tweet from the former next Lance Armstrong, Tyler Hamilton, and he he attaches a tweet, and it's a nice picture of Tyler Hamilton on the side of the road. Um, You know, he just kind of taking a selfie while he's riding, and he's got some nice big sunglasses on and a helmet, flowing hair. Things Things look pretty good. And he says, as if the ghost of my own absorbed twin compelled me from the inside, I zoomed in on the reflection in his glasses and saw what appears to be a gravel road. Is it safe to assume that Hamilton is attempting to corner the former doper races gravel market the same way Lance has cornered the former doper mountain biking market? What do you guys think? Are you excited for Tyler Hamilton getting into gravel grinding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it does seem to be the, you know, these unsanctioned races. I'm not saying Tyler's racing yet, but he's I gotta say, I, I thought I thought Floyd and Zabriskie would come back on a tandem before I thought Hamilton would, but uh, I'm impressed. If he <laughs> if he comes back and starts doing some uh, some gravel fondos and some uh, you know some whatever 50 mile race rides in Vermont or something like, I'm down. Whatever. <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny i'd be excited to sit on his wheel for a minute or two yeah i, think I'd be, I would want to see where that went i guess morbid curiosity i i do like how greg totally zoomed in on the glasses though right like oh he's riding gravel Ooh, what kind of is that a mountain back there so we could really see what the uh what in depth he's uh he's going with but drop bars those stones look like to be about one to you know 0.5 inches that's He's probably in Kansas. Like, uh, where's that gravel? Uh, it's kind of got a yellowish tint to it. Hmm. Triangulating. No, like. I know, right? It's a. Uh, hey, did you? Speaking of gravel grinding. Oh yeah. Did you Did you see Dan Craven's uh, Dan from Nam on Instagram and Twitter as of late? 
all about the gravel grinding. In the midst of the Springs Classic season, he's loading up those uh, frame packs, and he was doing 200K, 250K rides in uh, Spain. Looked pretty cool, but... Do we think He's... less now of Dan Craven for being a gravel no, grinder? No, He's no, all... no, no, no. He he admitted as much on our interview. You know, he's. I mean, he grew up doing it because there aren't that many paved roads around uh, his his hometown. Um, so he's he's got. That's why he's building the monster cross bike. If you remember, mm-hmm. he's building his own frame. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a man with a beard that big, you don't. You just don't think twice when they're you know living that hobo lifestyle grinding those gravel roads picking berries on the side of the road for sustenance you know like that's just the little guy lifestyle that's <laughs> sounds like a good ride i mean i can't throw any shade his way being is that i probably won't do any races except for a handful of gravel races soon that i don't know if you'll count doing him considering I the form i have i think showing up and signing my name will be the most racing I do all day, but I'm not going to do any other races for a long time. Hey, I'm all about the gravel. You guys know that. We were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Before Bill filled in for me on the podcast and did an amazing job. Did you guys talk about the whole Belgian optimist? Did we like even get back onto that? No, we haven't. We've gotten a pretty good response though. Oh my God. I, when I listened to that, I was like, nice try Bill with a new hashtag. (laughs) That's not going to work. And then it blew up my Twitter feed because I could see – that's how I found out that there was a new episode posted because people started tweeting about hashtag Belgian Optimist. And we got Helen Wyman involved. We got all different people talking about Belgian Optimism. But Derek Lewis had my favorite. I'm going to throw this one out there right away. A Belgian Optimist stores food gel in the left pocket and hair gel in the right pocket for the perfect podium spike. Mm-hmm. Pretty I, was like, God. I mean, uh, dude, that's, that's a pro tip. I mean, yeah. yeah, I expect nothing less out of Derek. Yeah, that's very good. Because, you know, he he has that air gel in that right pocket. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> I mean, there's just so Take many that. good stuff coming through that um, on the. Uh, Absolutely. So, the Tim, I, w- I, w- I want to hear your uh, your review of Bill's job as Tim uh, last week. You know, did, did you have any pointers for Bill? Could he have. Could he have improved his game in any way, or uh, or did he nail it? Did he did I, he really, you know, embody the super icky spirit? I I thought he nailed it. I like how you guys put him. I had a whole list of things I was going. My favorite part was when he didn't know where I was, and then he's like, "So where do you think Tim is right now?" And he's like, "I don't know, probably at like the Solar Babies game, or yeah. something." Yeah. And then you told him WrestleMania, and he was like, "Oh yeah." yeah yeah it kind of makes sense but i i thought he did a fantastic job i mean he he knows what the heck is going on way just like i do um (laughs) uh uh, his pronunciations were top notch fantastic next level Uh and the way that he broke down what happened at flanders from a um a critique was great to the point that he absolutely nailed why Peter Sagan crashed. It mm-hmm. was out of this world. It was uncanny. Just like me, he had the facts, and he got them 100% correct when he said that it was not the jacket that caused the issue. Yep. Um, yeah. So okay, overall, also, he I also he predicted Sepp Van Mark to do pretty well at Paris-Roubaix. Yes, um, yep, but he did own up that. to that on Twitter, and so that was pretty much the super rookie curse right there. So congratulations, okay. Bill. Right. Um, That's true. 
I, I really enjoyed that. I hope that uh, Bill gets to fill in for one of you guys in the uh, near future. <laughs> um, so, so everyone can get. I should be so lucky. So everyone can get those nice, uh, hateful tweets when uh, you're not on your own podcast. So, well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's great. There's like a it. good chance you could try and get him in July because I'll be on my uh, honeymoon for. One of our recording sessions in July, actually. Right. Have you thought that. about where you're going on your honeymoon yet? Yeah, we, we, we actually figured this out. So we're going to go to uh, Iceland. What? Ah, okay. Are you going to gravel grind, aren't you? You're going you're gonna to go ride some volcanoes. We're going to ride a volcano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take... We're going to take a helicopter ride to the volcano. They're going to drop us with some mountain bikes, and we're going to shred some gnar. And it's going to be <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I I was riding right. mountain bikes this that weekend. Nuts. I I got the bike, got the wheels all backed up to um, tubeless setup. I absolutely loved it. There's a mountain bike park down the road here. It's like the only two miles within Orlando city limits. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna start shredding that gnar. But um, I'm sure Iceland has got a little bit better trails. But guys, I really like mountain biking. Just not driving into it. it. No, I didn't. <laughs> Slate it. Okay, that's the only thing I wanted to know. <laughs> I rode my mountain bike last weekend, but this weekend I was sick, so I didn't ride my bike. Meow yeah. Clank hits us up. A Belgian optimist believes Sven Nice and Tom Boonen will score the winning goals after coming on in the second half of the World Cup final. Oh, guys, That's can pretty you good. imagine? I loved that one, too. Because <laughs> that was good because they know we're soccer fans. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds of the pod. Yeah, well, yeah. We do what we can. Yeah. I don't think you guys are going to bring me around on that. I watched the World Cup. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was uh, it was. What's going on next week? Amstel, Amstel, and Trobro. Trobro. Bro. So, if you can find, with, if you can comb <laughs> through the dark webs and find a link for Trobro Leone, you should watch it. Any listeners of our show, you might as well just watch it because we're definitely going to review that as much or more than we do Amstel or anything else that happens. So. Just giving you a heads up. Yeah, I don't know if there's a start list for that yet. There's certainly a start list for um for for Amstel that's up. Mm-hmm. So you can see that it's gonna be either G V A or Gasparato. Man, it's like we're almost halfway through the the world tour calendar. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but after um Amstel Flesh and uh Liege, yeah. We're pretty much through it. And then you get into like, you know, the great races like Tour de Romandie, Amgen Tour of California, and um the Tour of Poland. So Yeah, I'm I gotta say, I'm I'm is more and more every year I'm uh I'm bummed when classic season ends and I'm less and less excited about even the Giro. Um which on paper seems cool, but you know, like a ruse hurt right now. So and Nibali has been nothing but overweight and slow this year so we're not going to have a great italian clash we're just going to have tall dutch guys winning this thing and the italians are going to be freaking out (laughs) oh you you think nairo is going to lose the giro is he doing the giro yeah okay he's he's going for the double he's going for the double see the thing is leading up to this giro all i've been excited about is the fact that Aru and Nibali are not on the same team anymore, and they can finally take out those years of aggression on each other <laughs> in the mountains like it was intended to be taken out. Plus, the, I'm pretty sure the Giro starts in Sardinia or something this year, or at least it goes to Sardinia, and, and that's where... Uh, is that that island? Yeah, that's where Aru is from, I think. Either way, it goes, it goes to where he's from. So 
it was exciting for that thing, but supposedly he's injured right now. I don't know, maybe he'll he's still got some time, but it's not good. And Nibali has been missing in action, and so I'm having trouble getting excited they've about got, watching Nairo just walk weeks, all over these guys. Weeks and weeks to get ready yeah. for the show. Yeah, no, they, and I know weeks and weeks at altitude slow, with slow with a bag of guy. pharmaceuticals. Yeah, they'll be can fine. Happen, but. No. <laughs> so on Amstel, did you, you guys have already pretty much coronated uh, GVA for the win. I was saying that um, you know Valverde is probably going to take it. Little guy, you didn't even have a second uh, thought and thought that uh, Gasparato could take the, uh, the victory? Little guy's crazy. I'm going to no. say Kiyokoski comes back and wins at least two of these races in the next three weeks. Yeah, you're, I mean, all right. The heart, the heart wants one thing, and 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 Spencer's probably right in another. And then it's probably Kriatowski. He's he's been flying, and he's been he's been wrestling up for this. But well, I, I can't. But I talk I, about I think flying. Valverde. Valverde won five races this year. Is that it? I feel well, like he's won more, more than that. But he's he is one hundred and fifth, like Latin yeah. two days ago. Yeah. I is the thing is going into this first of the of the Arden races. I I don't feel like I can pick anybody really well yet. So I know GVA is good, but like you go down this start list and every it's the same problem you have when you when you start when you like look before like Het Volk every year. You're just like, well, every team has five guys who can win. You don't know who's actually on the form. You're you're going by yeah. past experiences. But look at Quick Step, man. Gilbert flying, Alaphilippe flying. Dan Martin, American. Mm-hmm. You know, little guy, I'm surprised that you just have, like, we were talking about, like, who's our favorite teams, right? And you were like, ah, maybe I'm becoming more of a fan of Arika Green Edge. And I think we're all there. I mean, that, that team's got some pretty good capture. Yeah. But how are you not a all-out fan for the Bahrain-Merida team? Gasparato. Uh, I think we've been Giannis through this. Brakovic, <laughs> Ian Izagir, Giovanni yeah. Visconti. Giovanni Visconti. I like Izagir. I hate Visconti. Grega Bollet. That guy's been around forever. Brakovich. Like, I'm you're happy to talk yourself into this. You're like, no, I, no, no. Here's the thing. I'm happy Brakovich <laughs> has got got a ride on a on a real team, and I don't understand Gasparato. He disappears and then he comes back. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes me nervous. Is what you hear does. someone but, knocking on the door? Yeah, I think I think he's going to be good this week. He will be. Tim, how are you not talking about the fact that Carlos Betancourt oh, is on I... the start list? Oh, will you know he he's finish? number one domestique. He's. No. Him and Rory Sutherland. <laughs> for, uh... for Moby's. The Gummy Bear how is back in action. This, this is right. his season to shine, though. Like, it's if, contract if, he, year. <laughs> if the Gummy Bear shows up to Monza and Remo and DNFs, I don't really care. I don't put much <sighs> stock in that. But this point in the season is where I start to pay attention to what the Gummy Bears do it and how really? those results are. So you guys, I would his... say that Bencore <laughs> shouldn't even go to the Giro. He should just go to the Tour of California because, hmm? A, he could probably do really well there. He's, you know, it's as close to Columbia as he's going to get in the um, World Tour racing. So, you know, he's at least in the right hemisphere. I, I don't know, guys. I'm a little... Uh, and, and he, yeah. I mean, all those... Uh, that could be a good race for him. Yeah, no. You can't send him... You can't send him to South America. We know what happens when you do that. 
What happens? Comes back. He he comes back yeah. weighing twenty five stone home, more than he did before. Uh, home, home cooking. cooking. Here's yeah. here's the yeah. thing. One pro cycling stats lists his weight as sixty five uh, kilograms, which equals one hundred and forty three point three pounds. There's no way in hell. Come on. <laughs> we all know if he was at that weight, he'd be fighting fast. Not gonna I... be. Two. I think they need to send him to um, some of those uh, like the tour of Turkey. Uh, tours in countries run by despotic rulers. Um, hopefully that means that the food supply is a little less uh-huh. and that he's just going to have a harder time. I think they and need to scare probably... him straight. I this is a sort of scared straight program. Poor here. Carlos Benkram. I'm going to just put a stop on this because we're, <laughs> we're throwing him under the, uh, the old Ulrich bus, right? Remember like poor Ulrich? That's like Ben has got the power here, guys. He can still come around. Sure. I, you know, Easy, it's because he has so much potential. Is that he, he should so much be potential. in the medium jersey instead of a small? That's he's he's got true. so much potential. He's good. It's okay to be a diesel. He's going to go out there and just crush it. Those one week stage races, the Tour of Turkey. I totally agree with you. That's that would be the perfect race for him to go tear up. <laughs> no, but the problem is he's he's not even. It's it breaks my heart at how good this guy is and how he's not even able to like finish in the pack in a race now you know he he is he is beyond bad kobo bad when kobo is bad i mean it's it's breaking my heart I mean, man so hang on kobo's been bad every year of his career except for once no that is not true don't make me pull up his pro cycling <laughs> stats page <laughs> hey, um well cool Are you, uh, do you guys have anything else to cover we have covered the agenda all right well with that um, I'm going to show you guys how to do the outro because you guys had a little bit of trouble last week. You guys ready oh. for this? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. With that, we'd like to... Crap. Um, Don't worry. I'll, I'll edit this so you look okay. Wave at all your fellow cyclists, regardless of if they're wearing spandex or lying on the back of a lawn chair, a.k.a. recumbent. Make sure you thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for, for the intro and outro music. We'd like to thank Health IQ, healthiq.com slash slowride for all your health insurance need, life insurance needs. Um, we're going to give the winner of the Michelin Bike Tires Contest next week. We will announce that. And Wide Angle Podium listeners and network subscribers, wideanglepodium.com to find out more on how to support the shows that you love. I don't know. I think I might have done it better. Yeah, you may have. That one, that one took a little while. That was a little so, rough. Uh, that was a little rusty. Hundred and a hundred and fifty tries, and that's what you came out with. I know it's it's been a little bad. I apologize, but with yeah. that, we bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast: Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.